Courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. This quote was by Mark Twain. Folks, I'd like to start today's episode by asking you a few questions. What is the number one thing that is currently stopping you from creating your dream life? What is stopping you from being the best version of yourself? Is it the lack of self-confidence? Is it the fear of public speaking? Or is it the lack of fire or spark within you, not knowing what makes you feel fulfilled? There's another quote I want to share. Your success will be determined by your own confidence and fortitude. This quote was by Michelle Obama. Folks, I'm asking you these questions today because this topic came up in the most beautiful way when I recorded an interview with an upcoming guest of Boom Vision. In order to create the life that you dream of, you've heard me repeatedly say on this show that you have to see it, hear it, and feel it in your inner world in order to amplify and manifest it in the outer reality. However, what are the building blocks that you need to take to transform your dream to your reality? The secret is the three C's. What is that? You'll definitely want to tune in and find out. Let's cue the intro. Welcome to the Boom Vision Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Ye. This show is about how you can thrive. It's when you build success in alignment with your mind, body, and soul. I created this podcast to give you perspectives and frameworks on how to strengthen your mindset and gain clarity in your purpose. It's time for you to live an extraordinary life with vision that you design. Let's get to work. Hi, folks. Welcome back to episode 33 of the Boom Vision Podcast. Today's episode is about how you can create your dream life. In the past few weeks, I've experienced a series of beautiful events that inspire me to share today's topic with you. What are the three C's? There's quite a few concepts and stories to unpack today, so let's dive right in. The three C's are confidence, communication, and compassion. It's confidence, communication, and compassion. So let's start with the first one, confidence. There's a quote I want to share. I can be changed by what happens to me, but I refuse to be reduced by it. This quote was by Maya Angelou. So confidence or self-confidence, how do you become more confident? Self-confidence is a bit of a chicken and egg problem, right? It's like a vicious cycle. If you lack self-confidence, you're less likely to achieve the success that can give you more confidence. If you recall in episode 29, one of the secrets in building self-confidence is that believing is seeing. You got to see it in your mind first, hear it in your mind, and feel it in your body so that you can achieve it. But what if you lack the confidence to get all of that jump started? So I want to share what I experienced earlier this month. My wife and I attended a parent-teacher conference where all the parents of my son's class met with our beloved teacher. And one of the exercises that a teacher walked us through was visualizing what we experienced during our younger years when we were eight or nine years old. 
The philosophy in our school is that major human developments happen in seven-year cycles. So from zero to seven years old, seven to 14, 14 to 21, etc. And so the question she asked all of us was that during when we were between eight to nine years old, what can we remember during that time that happened in our lives? And so when it came to me, the first thing that came to mind was when I was a third grader. So chapter one, Nintendo. So back in third grade, I had Mrs. Fulton as my teacher. The preface of it is that back when I was in elementary school, I was a shy and introverted kid. I barely had any friends. I was very timid and I never really spoke up in class. And one of the things is that I was also a very average student. I would get almost practically straight C's. My saving grace was only math. And that was because as a child, I didn't really get many toys to play with. What I remember was always getting these math sheets. Before I had dinner, I would have to complete some math sheets. Before I go to sleep, I had to do math sheets. So my parents early on made me exercise that muscle of doing math. And so math was the only subject that I had decent grades on. Everything else was straight C's. And so my parents, being the traditional Asian parents that they are, was very worried. And so my mom, I remember, gave me a challenge. She said, look, Ben, if you get straight A's, I will buy you a Nintendo because I know that's something that you really want. And she was right. I really wanted a Nintendo because I remember going to my cousin's house in a sleepover and it's like, what is this video game? Oh my goodness. And so fast forward back to Mrs. Fulton in third grade. Throughout that year, I worked my butt off in getting good grades because I had a focus. There was something that I had a burning desire for to work towards. And at the end of the year, I remember I was sitting at my desk. Mrs. Fulton was passing out all the report cards. And when I got mine, I looked at the card and I had four A's and one B plus. I was like, no, what? No, this isn't happening. <laughs> so I looked up and I waited until class was dismissed. And I was basically talking to Mrs. Fulton. I was like, look, Mrs. Fulton, you don't understand. I have to have all A's. I've been working my butt all year. I've been a good student. I never caused any trouble. Like, Mrs. Fulton, you don't understand. I have to have all straight A's because if I get all straight A's, my parents will buy me a Nintendo. I really need this. And I remember Mrs. Fulton looking back. It's like, no, Ben, I can't change your grade for you. Are you kidding me? Like, you have to leave. I was like, no, no, no. Mrs. Fulton, you, you don't understand. This is not going to happen. I can't have four A's and one B plus. Please, I have to have straight A's. I cannot leave here without having straight A's. And so long story short, after 30 minutes went by, Mrs. Fulton realized that I am not leaving this classroom until something changes. And bless her heart, she changed my grade. And I remember giving her the biggest hug. I was like, Mrs. Fulton, you're the best teacher I will ever have. Thank you so much for doing this. I remember running home, showing my parents report card and saying, I got all A's. My parents were ecstatic that I got good grades. I remember them taking me to Fedco and buying my Nintendo. 
And I was like the happiest moment I can remember in third grade. So I was sharing this story in this parent-teacher conference. I remember driving back home with my wife and I was thinking to myself, how in the world did I manage to have so much willpower in third grade? I was a shy person. I was introvert. I didn't have a lot of friends. I wasn't very talkative. How in the world did I muster up that courage to do what I did and convincing, willing it, it didn't click for me then. And so chapter two, the wave off. A few days later after that parent-teacher conference, it was a weekend, and I remember seeing in social media that a new documentary was coming out. It was 38 at the Garden. This was a short documentary about the rise of Linsanity back in 2012. And I watched the documentary. It's a great documentary, by the way, so I recommend you guys watching it. But I remember watching the documentary, and about halfway through, Jeremy Lin was on fire. He was putting up the stats. Lakers came to the Madison Square Garden, and they beat the Lakers and beat Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. And the next game was February 12, 2012. It was the Knicks playing against Raptors, and they were at Toronto. So it was a away game. There was about 14 seconds left. It was the last possession, and Jeremy Lin had the ball. And his teammates were coming up to try to set him up a screen, and he was waving his teammates off. He had to do it multiple times. He was basically signaling to his teammates, guys, I got this. And so what happened was, with a few seconds left on the clock, Jeremy Lin pulls up for the shot, and he makes a game-winning shot. And the crowd went wild. Keep in mind, this was Toronto fans that was cheering for the opposing team, which was Jeremy Lin on the New York Knicks. And in that moment, Jeremy Lin gave a gift to all the underdogs in showing everyone that anything is possible. And so in the documentary, it was a cutscene to the comedian, Hassan Minaj, and he was sharing that that wave off moment represented such a big moment to him. When he was watching a game, and after that game-winning shot, he got all these texts from all his friends saying like, did you see that wave off? Did you see that wave off? And he was thinking to himself, what if I had the same audacity and confidence that you had? And Hassan continues to say, I remember after he hit that shot, I thought to myself, how many moments in my own life did I pass up the ball or hold myself small? How many times did I turn in that assignment or not audition for that thing or not put my name as number one on a sheet? How many times did I not wave someone off? That was what that moment meant to me. And in watching that documentary, it triggered another memory I had earlier in that third grade. Chapter three, Peter. So what happened early on in third grade is that, as I mentioned, being an introvert and being someone that didn't have a lot of friends, I wasn't also very good at sports. And so during recess, when people play either kickball or dodgeball or handball, anytime there was a team event, I would always be picked close to last. I remember there was this classmate of mine for all intents and purposes, I'm not going to use real names. And so for now, I'm going to call him Peter. I remember Peter was a smart kid 
and he was pretty good at sports. And I remember at one time, the thing about dodgeball is that there's usually someone, two captains, and they'll pick teammates for their team. And once they finish picking the teams, then they'll start the game. And so Peter was one of the team captains. And I remember he was, we were playing dodgeball. I was picking teammates and it was me and someone else. The other captain picked up someone else. And so it was left with me. And I remember Peter looking at me and it's like, oh God, I have Ben. And I gotta tell you, man, as a third grader, when you're not wanted in anything, to have someone express their disappointment in having you on the team, that really sucks. It's a feeling that you just don't forget. And so since then, anytime we're playing dodgeball, I would never be on the same team as Peter. And what made it worse is that whenever Peter had a ball early on in the game, he would specifically look out for me and try to get me out. And it came to the point in my life in that third grade where when you're being picked last in team games, when you're being targeted, when your opponents pick on you, I reached my breaking point. In my mind, you know what? Enough's enough. And this is why I picked that Maya Angelou quote. I can be changed by what happens to me, but I refuse to be reduced by it. And in that moment, I made up my mind. I refuse to be reduced by Peter. So what happened? A fire was lit within me. I was determined to get better at this game. So I got better. I got better at dodging the ball. I got better at throwing the ball. I leveled up because I had this burning desire to beat Peter. Now, I want to be clear, okay? I do not condone violence. Even though Peter was my arch nemesis, I did not resort to any violence, but rather, I focused all my energy in improving myself to beat him at his game. Do you guys remember in episode four, the intuition episode, where I talk about Michael Jordan in his documentary, The Last Dance? When he took something personal, something internally for Michael lit up, right? His focus, his drive, his burning desires is ignited to win and dominate when some event happened that made him take it personally. And so in the same token, when Peter and I competed in dodgeball, that fire within me lit up. I mean, honestly, it was like Moses parting the Red Sea because I vividly remember when I'm in a game and Peter's in a game, I waved my teammates off. Everyone from both teams knew to move to the side because the only person I'm going for is Peter and the only person he's going for is me. And so why am I sharing all this? The main takeaway in these three chapters I'm sharing today is this. What sparks that fire within you? What's the driving force that ignites your willpower? Is it a burning desire for something that you absolutely must have? What's your version of your Nintendo story? Or is it a rival or arch nemesis that you must overcome? The thing about confidence is that you can only build it up through adversity. Folks, you cannot gain confidence in doing something that comes easy to you. If you know how to walk, you're not going to gain confidence walking to your car, walking around a block, walking to work. In order to build confidence, you need to do something 
that creates resistance and for you to break free of that resistance. You need to see adversity straight in the eye, wave everything else off and say, I got this. I will own this moment. So what is that for you? What will bring out that fire within you, that burning desire to be a better version of yourself, to create that dream life that you're meant to create? What will it take to light that fire within you in making that happen? So the second C is communication. And so I want to share my personal story. In the second cycle of my life, from 7 to 14, when I was closer to 14 years old, I had a different inflection point. I had an early mentor, which was my older cousin, Richard. And Richard was someone I looked up to because he was very sociable. He was very much an extrovert. He was what I was not. And when he saw that my grades were improving, but that I was still introverted and I was a bookworm, he was like, look, when you're applying for colleges, they're going to want to see that you're well-balanced. So he convinced my parents to allow me to partake in extracurricular activities, joining team sports, running for office. And he encouraged me, you got to be good at public speaking. And I got to be honest, every time I took on stage, I was scared poopless. I mean, it was not easy for me. It was really going outside of my comfort zone. But building that self-confidence, building that willpower, and listening to the advice of my mentor, I put myself out there to strengthen that muscle. And so back in high school, because I was good at math, I was treasure of everything. I was ASB treasure in senior year. I basically ran for everything as being as treasure. And then in college, I was president for a social club. In grad school, I was president of the real estate club. It carried me on through life in that how do I continue to strengthen my ability to communicate? To sum up the top three levels I've learned in public speaking is this. Level one is to communicate your thoughts clearly and concisely. It's not about using fancy words or sounding quote-unquote intelligent. A master communicator conveys their message in a simple and clear way to understand, and this takes practice. Level two is to communicate your thoughts with feeling and emotion. I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone give a speech or presentation, and I might remember 10 or 20% of what they said. But what I do remember is how it made me feel when I heard them speak. The ability to spark feelings and emotion in what you communicate takes practice to master. And level three is learning how to communicate and inspiring people to take action. Inspiring your audience to raise their motivation is one thing, but to inspire your audience in actually taking action is a whole new level. And this takes practice and dedication to master. There's a quote I want to share. I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. This quote was by Bruce Lee. 
And so the main takeaway in sharing my personal story is that learn how to become an effective communicator. You first have to convince yourself internally that you can do it. That comes from building self-confidence and that believing is seeing. And once you get that internal momentum going, you need to start strengthening the ability to convince others. If you cannot convince yourself that your dreams are possible, how do you expect to convince others to support your dreams to come true? And so the third C is compassion. This is a quote I want to share. If you do not respect your own wishes, no one else will. You will simply attract people who will disrespect you as much as you do. This quote was by Veronica Tukaleva. This third building block of compassion isn't what you might think of as compassion towards others. You can definitely benefit when you show and give compassion towards others. It's like what Anne Frank said, no one has ever become poor by giving. This third C is compassion towards yourself. In your journey to self-mastery, you need to show compassion towards yourself before you show others if you intend to create the life you dream of. It reminds me when I travel and I see those pamphlets in front of those inserts when you're sitting down on a seat, where you see this in case of any emergency and you see those oxygen masks that drop from ceiling they always advise to put on your oxygen mask first before you help others. This is the same principle, folks. With compassion towards yourself, you have to prioritize your dreams first if you want to make them a reality. You have to believe you deserve it. You have to believe you're worthy of it. You have to be compassionate and prioritize that this is what I want. Build the self-confidence to wave off the distractions around you. To be able to give that moment to look adversity in the eye and say, I'm going to own this moment. I'm going to start making my dreams my reality. So with that said, what is this week's action steps? I want to offer the three C's challenge. For three days straight, I want you to start practicing confidence, communication, and compassion. With the first one, confidence. What is the one thing that's sitting right outside of your comfort zone that you will learn to improve? You can only build confidence through adversity. And so I want you to think of something that's slightly outside of your comfort zone that you can learn and you can start building that confidence for yourself. Take one step every day for just three days and creating momentum and doing something that's outside your norm, outside your comfort, to start training your self-confidence. The second thing is communication. What is one action you will take in improving your communication? Share a memory with your friends or colleagues. Be a guest on someone's podcast. Share a story using your imagination to your kids, your nephews, your nieces, and just see how their face lights up when you share the details of your world. And so the third thing is compassion. What is one act of give or compassion you can do for yourself for three days straight? Make it a priority 
to give yourself a moment, a space, whether it's to listen to your favorite song, whether it's to walk around and just have alone time with nature, whatever it may be, do something outside the norm in showing that you can be compassionate to yourself. The purpose of this week's 3C challenge in three days is to strengthen your muscle on your confidence, communication, and compassion. If you're more confident, if you become a better communicator, and if you are compassionate towards yourself, I promise you, your core energy and your way of being start shifting to a higher level. Who you become, the people you attract, and the opportunities that come your way will start changing and shifting if you're willing to put into work and make that shift. The whole purpose of being compassionate in yourself is that compassion is fueled by love. It's not fueled by fear. And so final thoughts for today's episode. There's a quote I want to share. Optimism is the faith that leads to achievement. Nothing can be done without hope and confidence. This quote was by Helen Keller. Folks, I hope you enjoyed today's sharing of the three C's. These three building blocks can bridge the gap between what you dream of to making it a reality for yourself. You deserve to have your dreams come true. I believe in you, but you have to believe in yourself. You have to convince yourself before you can convince others. You have to believe in yourself before you can believe in others. And you have to show compassion towards yourself before you can show compassion towards others. If you want to create your dream life, you need to see it, hear it, and feel it. Then take action to achieve it. You've got this. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Send me a DM on Instagram at Benjamin Ye. And please hit that subscribe button to this Boom Vision podcast if you want to thrive together. And if you resonate with today's episode, share it. Share it with your friends and family that you know can benefit. Until next time, folks, be kind to yourself. Be in the light. Be you. Thank you so much for tuning in to my Boom Vision podcast. If you'd like to find out more about me in this podcast, head over to BenjaminYeh.com. That's spelled B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N-Y-E-H.com. If you haven't already, click subscribe, and I'll catch you next time.